Welcome to Yes Catholic, the place where real people share their real stories and realize it is all God's grace on the move. I'm your host, David Patterson, and every week we hear a new guest share their story of how they came to give their yes to Jesus and his church. So let's get started. Well, welcome, Father Edwin. For those who don't know you, why don't you share a little bit about yourself before we dive into the rapid fire? Oh, my gosh. Um, so my name is Father Edwin Leonard. I have been a priest for 10 years. I just celebrated my 10-year anniversary on June the 2nd. Um, Congratulations. I, yeah, thanks. It was awesome. I got to go do a little bit of a pilgrimage, went to Fatima. I was there, got to celebrate Mass um, at their cathedral on the 2nd, and then I did the Camino, and I just got back. So uh, wow. did the Portuguese route, and uh, so a little bit jet lag, but it's been great. I bet. Yeah. I... Um, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I've been a, uh, I did two years as a Proco vicar, then I did the last seven years as the vocation director for Dallas, uh, and we accepted, like, 90 guys into the seminary throughout that time, and uh, just recently I got uh, appointed to be pastor of a, a parish that I grew up in, actually, so um, about 8,000 families in a little suburb of oh. Dallas, so. 8,000? 8,000 families, yeah. That's uh, a, that's. The big parish right there. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's alive. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Definitely. I was going to say it is totally alive, man. Cause you can see just the, from the posts, you know, of what's going oh, yeah. on in the parish. It's, yeah. I watch it on a regular basis and I'm like, come Holy spirit. Let's go bring it. Amen. Yeah. There's that's so awesome. Great. We have a great communications team, great marketing team that just is yeah. trying to be digitally out into the world. We have a great vision. Um, at St. Anne's, the, the vision is to bring people to Jesus, to form disciples, and to send them to transform the world. And so we look at every one of our ministries, and uh, from adult ministry even to our nursery, and we say, okay, you know, we got these kids at our nursery for an hour while their parents are at Mass. How are we going to bring them to Jesus? How are we going to form them as disciples? So wow, um, it's a beautiful thing. I love it, man. And speaking of jet lag, I remember actually, uh, I went to World Youth Day in Spain, and so oh, yeah. we left. I remember we left at two o'clock in the morning, Toronto, got to Paris for like a stopover, did like this whole day trip. And by the time we got to Portugal, I think yeah. it was, <laughs> I think I hadn't slept for like almost 24 to 36 hours. And I was like, just give me my pillow, man. Yeah. That's how it goes. <laughs> it's it's so how it goes. You got to fight through it. You know, like you get there and then you just got to stay up and yeah. ride that wave until, tell your body, I don't care. You know, until it adjusts. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Dan, well, how did, how did you get into all of this? How did I get into yes? Yeah. Well, yeah. Real, yeah, man. I, I know, I know everyone else on this place knows what you're all about, but Coles knows of Coles knows of Coles knows basically uh, raised Catholic, uh, left the faith in high school and basically uh, really got involved in the party scene, you know, the drinking and, and all that. And then pretty much my mom was begging me to go to a Catholic retreat at the age of 21. And I went to Monica. Per- yeah. Basically, yeah, she she was begging me at university. I was in the business program. She's like, you, she's like, you need to go to this, and I was hesitant, but I I went, and uh, actually, I was about to leave the retreat, but a priest met me in the parking lot and base basically talked me right down, and he's like, you need to stay, and it was it was that weekend that I encountered Jesus in adoration for the first time, and I went to confession, and I just Crazy. unloaded, man, and pretty much six months after that, I was called to youth ministry. And I've been in youth ministry for 12 years now. So Where are you at? So I'm currently actually working at a Catholic high school uh, as a chaplaincy leader. Oh, sweet. It's basically youth ministry. So we've got a high school of almost 1,800 students. Um, 
yeah, before that I was doing youth ministry. So yeah, <laughs> it's a lot God of fun. So man. good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's definitely faithful and definitely, uh, my mom is, is that same Monica to me for sure. So, all right, let's, uh, let's dive into the rapid fire. You ready to go? Do it. All right, here we go. Just going to rhyme off some questions as quickly as you can to answer favorite place to visit. Oh man, I'm, I'm going to go with Fatima. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, it was, it was intense. Um, just being able to be there where the apparitions were to see you, you can still go to the, to the visionaries houses uh, right. and walk where they walked and spend time there and then go see the place where the angel appeared to them and, you know, yes. walk the courtyard on your knees. Um, yeah. It's beautiful. So I'm going to go there and then uh, the Camino were, was just great. So Holy Land's a, uh, like probably the top one, but other than that, those, those ones right there. Yeah. Portugal is definitely beautiful. Fatima, especially. Okay. How would you describe yourself as a kid in three words? Oh, shy, uh, nervous, um, okay. a closeted extrovert. Yeah. Extrovert. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Favorite song currently got one. I've been, I know this is a few years old. I've been jamming to reckless love recently. Um, Corey Asbury. Yeah. Yeah. Just, have you, it, have you it repopped up on my shuffle and just, yeah. Have you heard, uh, where he kind of explains the the meaning behind the song. No. Okay, I'm going to send that to you right after this interview. Okay. <laughs> it uh, it definitely strikes to the heart for sure. Okay, favorite author. Oh, ever. Um, yeah. Jacques Philippe. Um, if I'm going spiritual author, if I'm going yeah. like current, uh, I love some like recent science fiction. So Andy Weir. Uh, he had okay. a project Hail Mary that recently came out. That was phenomenal. So. Very cool. Yeah. Jack Philippe definitely has some, some solid uh, reflections there for sure. Okay. If you could have coffee with any saint, who would it be? Um, Mother <laughs> Teresa. Mother Teresa. Any thought on like what you'd ask? You sit down I, with your latte or your espresso. I, I would just want like, she has this just beautiful way of like embracing suffering and just like calling on other people to holiness. And I think every yeah. once in a while, I'm, uh, I might just be in a place right now where I need someone to just give me a quick, like kick in the butt to move Spiritual forward. Spiritual slapper. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe that or Teresa of Avila, you know, um, I, I, I was just reading about her biography again, about how it, she, she entered in to religious life and in religious life, she actually somehow started to get like further away from the Lord because she was zealous. And then like, there were just, there was a lot of mediocrity, a lot of seeking of like worldly pleasures. And then um, it was actually when she was around 40 uh, that she uh, read some Augustine and just like the Lord hit her upside the head. Um, and she's like, no. And they reformed, uh, she and John of the cross, like reformed the Carmelites. And so wow. I think I'm, I'm, as I like approach that like threshold, I'm not quite 40 yet, but as I get yeah. there, I'm like, I would, I would love just a swift kick, you know, Holy spirit. Right. come. Yeah. I, I feel like that recently in, in praying the litany of humility, man. Like I, <laughs> I started, I started praying that before going into work every morning and now I'm almost afraid to, to pray it. Cause you ask the Lord for humility. He's like, all right, here you go. <laughs> here's, some, here's some opportunities to practice. Here's, here's but, some opportunities right here. <laughs> well, I think, I think it was, uh, was it 
Teresa of Calcutta that said uh, it takes a, uh, a pound of humiliation to get an ounce of humility. And I mean, that's just, <laughs> I'm you're like, okay. Yeah. That's uh, I'll, I'll try to work on that. Yeah. Let's carry the cross. Definitely need uh, the Lord's grace for that one. Okay. If you could ask God one question, what would it be? Um, one question to God. Uh... God, keep going. I'm going to come back to it. That's the last question, man. Oh, so last if you, question. you know what? We can, we can come back after you share your story if you want. It could be like the last question of the night. We can't, my... Come Holy Spirit. Yeah, my... Uh... The, you know, recently I've just, my first initial reaction, there's a couple things of like what the state of the church is like, mm. but, um, really like right now I'm just, I was thinking about this the other day as my 10 year, I was like, why me? Right. Like why, why did he call me to the priesthood? Because someone was saying like a lot of times over the, um, over this past like couple weeks as I've gone through my anniversary, people have just been saying, thank you so much for being a priest and i'll tell you the truth like i feel just like abundantly humbled and blessed by the lord um to to just be called to this when i when i was first ordained i was i was so zealous and i was excited and i was like god i'm going to serve you and your people and like the greatest surprise of like my priesthood in this past 10 years has just been how like um by saying yes to my vocation um by receiving this gift like the lord has quite literally saved me. Right. I didn't mm. think, I didn't think that he was like, I guess I should have, maybe I'm just slow to it, but like he, uh, just has overwhelmed me with like his generosity and his grace. Um, I was telling someone, they're like, thank you so much for being a priest. And uh, they were married. And I was like, I want to just kind of describe, I was like, you love your spouse. Right. And it'd be like someone being like, thank you so much for marrying them. And you're like, no, they are a gift to my life, right? Um, so I, I receive it and I appreciate it, um, but it, it it really is humbling. So I, that's that's, awesome. that's really the question of like, what, um, who am I, right? Mm. That the Lord would would love me so much to give me this. That's probably the question. Yeah, I love that, man. That's great. All right, well let's uh, let's kick things off with an opening prayer, and then we'll get to share your story. Okay. Great. Are you gonna pray? Or you want me to? I'm going to pray and then you'll, uh, you're going to close us off in the, with the, uh, virtual blessing if possible. Great. <laughs> All right. In the name of the father, the son, the Holy spirit. Amen. Come, on. Come Holy spirit. Heavenly father. I just thank you so much for father Edwin. And I thank you Lord for the ways you're just moving in your church. And Lord, I thank you for his witness and for just his yes. Lord, I just pray in a special way for everyone who is tuning in or who will listen in the future. Lord, I just pray that you would send your Holy Spirit. Give us the grace to open wide the door of our hearts to you. To just say yes each day of our lives. That we would not be afraid of what you are asking us to. Lord, help us to not settle for comfort, but to strive for that greatness that deep down we all know that you're called it, calling us to. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. St. Teresa of Avila. Pray for us. Pray for us. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, man. Let's dive right in. Where does your story begin? Well, I mean, I was I was born and raised in Coppell, Texas, and my my family uh, they, they were good people. I mean, 
I don't know if you've ever been to Texas. I love Texas, like good quality uh, people um, uh, in the Lone Star State. And my parents were just virtuous people, but they weren't really like holy people. Uh, my dad was a Protestant. My mom was Catholic. And when they got married, they basically flipped a coin. And like, luckily it landed on Catholic. And so um, we went to Catholic every week, not because there was like a deep sense of religiosity. And like, we didn't pray the rosary every night. Um, we just went because that's what good families in Texas did. Um, praise the Lord. And so, uh, I mean, I would remember I, we, my brother and my sister and I, we would fight sitting next to my mom. Cause if we sat next to my mom, we could like lean against her and fall asleep, um, during mass. And there was about a time when I was a freshman in high school and I still remember the day. And it, it's, it's funny because I'm not the pastor of the church that I grew up in. And so wow. like, um, I can look at the room where I recognize that I needed the Lord. It's now a storage closet. They, they did not put any like ropes around it to say, this is where father Edwin received Jesus Christ. But, uh, right. and I was in that place and I remember there was a group of, it was like a come and see for the youth group. And there were some juniors and seniors and they were sharing their testimony about how uh, Jesus Christ impacted their life. And I was listening to them. And as they were talking about Jesus, I remember as a 14 year old thinking they're speaking about Jesus in a very different way than I speak about Jesus. When they speak about Jesus, they're speaking about a guy that they know that's a friend of theirs. When I spoke about Jesus, I spoke about Jesus like he was uh, kind of like George Washington or like some historical figure, a guy right. that did something good for me a long time ago. And I experienced some benefit today. But they spoke about Jesus like he was their friend. And all I can express is as a, as a freshman in high school, my heart was just on fire. It wanted that relationship. And I, I know now that that was a movement of the Holy Spirit, probably the first that I'd ever recognized in my life. But as I was like so terrified and I like sulk, like just like snuck up to these like juniors and seniors and I, I asked them a question um, inspired by the Spirit it's basically like, how did you develop much less eloquent, but how did you develop this relationship with Jesus? And these uh, seniors looked at me and they said, we, we just started to pray every day. And so like, I was like, peace out. Bye. And I, but I, I made a, a real commitment to start to pray every day. Like I went home and I remember I'd gotten this like fancy new teen Bible. So I ripped off the cellophane hashtag Catholic of this <laughs> Bible. And I started to try to read it. And I made a commitment to, uh, to read for like 15 minutes a day and ask the Lord what he was trying to say to me. And I started to read the Bible, had no clue what it was saying. Um, but luckily, like in this team Bible, there were some colorful inserts every 10 pages. Yes, or so. that's so right. <laughs> I just started to read those. Um, but in, in my faithfulness uh, to that time and to like just availability to the Lord, um, the spirit started to work. Um, and I, I mean, when I was in high school, I was, uh, I was overweight. I was really self-conscious. Like um, I didn't want to like step out and say anything in fear that like someone would notice me and mock me. I was very just uh, incredibly insecure. And so I, um, I started to pray. And as I started to, to pray, like the Lord um, and just realizing, I think a little bit more about how much he loved me as his son, like my identity kind of started to move. Um, I can look back and see this now from this, like, what do other people think about me to how does the Lord look at me? 
Mm-hmm. And there was just a little bit more like boldness. And so, um, you know, I started to lead a rosary in the morning at my school um, for other Catholics, like invitation only kind of thing in the in a corner in the hallway. But wow, um, it started to grow a little bit. And then I, when I was a junior and a senior, uh, we hit spring break, and you know, I uh, it was right before spring break, and the priest that was there said, "Any high schooler that wants to come to daily mass over spring break, we will go out to get breakfast." um afterwards and i was like hell no i'm not gonna do that 7 a.m in the morning i'm not getting up on my spring break there's a cute girl sitting next to me and she's like that sounds like a good idea and i was like yes it does so um (laughs) i uh we went uh every morning during spring break and we would go jet over and get like pancakes and eggs uh, at the local diner um afterwards and i loved it right like uh starting my day off with the word, receiving the Eucharist. Um, I was like, Oh, this is, this is great. And there was some like old person sitting in the back that said they loved seeing the young people there. And they said, we'll fund breakfast. Um, wow. that, wow. uh, the high schoolers want to go. So there was a group of us that every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7am we'd go to the, um, we'd go to mass and then go to get breakfast. And then I'd be probably about five minutes late. I had so many detentions my senior year because I was late because <laughs> I had gone to ma- mass. And it's kind of, kind of a good reason to be uh, you know, late for class, but I was the, the best kid in detention. So, right, exactly. uh, but you can't be, a, you can't be a guy that's at daily mass without people asking you a certain question. Right. Yep. And so like you'd be leaving mass and there'd be these little old ladies with walkers right? And they're not very quick, but they're persistent. And they, yeah. uh, they'd they follow you. you. Yeah, they follow you. <laughs> and they, they'd come up and they'd ask the question. They'd say, uh, Edwin, have you ever thought about being a priest? And I would look them straight in the face and I would say, I have thought about it, um, but I don't think God's calling me to be a priest. I'm terrified of speaking in front of people. And I'm pretty sure as a priest, you have to do that at least once a week. And so, no, I'm not going to be a priest. And they'd go away you know, sad, but knowing that they did what the Lord was um, prompting them towards. And uh, I bet I was asked that probably like 30, 50 times. And so, well, I mean, throughout the years, right? Um, Right. And then I I went to college, I went to Texas Tech University, then I transferred to Texas A&M University. And um, I remember that there was a traveling group of missionaries that came through college and I met them and I talked to them about uh, the ministry that they were doing. And there was the same movement as when I was a freshman uh, in high school, when I was a freshman in college, that, um, that I wanted to serve the Lord. Um, I wanted to serve him and I wanted to go do missionary work. And these were uh, Net Ministries, National Evangelization Team. And so I decided after my sophomore year um, in this movement of the spirit that I was going to apply. Knew nothing about net ministry. I just knew that these people were holy and the spirit had like put this on my heart. And so I applied not knowing anything about it, got accepted, went up to Minnesota and I got there. And uh, the leader of it, Mark Burcham, comes up and gives a talk and he's given talk. He's like, every single person here needs to be able to give a three minute testimony about how Jesus Christ saved their life. And I went up to him and I tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, I don't speak in front of people. And he looked at me um, with the boldness of the spirit and said, too bad. Um, so I, I practiced my three minute testimony. Um, 
and you know, I, I practiced, I practiced, I got up in front of all the missionaries, gave my three minute testimony and I didn't die. You know, it, it wasn't great, but um, you know, I felt the Lord moving in me. And so I went out on the road. If you don't know what Net Ministries is, um, it's a great organization. You go around, you do youth ministry for sixth through 12th graders. Um, you jump in a van, you have like a backpack on your back, a small little suitcase, and you just go. Um, and you travel, you sleep on, you know, gym floors and random people's houses, and you put on these retreats for sixth to 12th graders. And I loved it. Um, but it was about two weeks in, after I'd been giving my three minute testimony every once in a while, they said, uh, the leaders came up and they said, hey, we really need someone to give the closing talk. And we think that God's calling you. And I said, no. And they're like, don't worry, it's just your three minute testimony plus a four minute recap of like the main talk you already heard. Baby like, steps. We think, yeah, we think that God's calling you. And I said, fine, whatever. And then like three weeks later, they came, well, man, now we really need someone to give the main talk. Don't worry. It's just the recap that you've already been giving kind of fleshed out a little bit. And I said, fine, whatever. And then they came back about a month and a half later and they said, we need someone to start leading uh, the entire retreat, be up front for the entire day. And at this point in time, I knew what was going to happen. And so I said, fine, whatever. And then they came to me like, we need someone to actually be, move to a different team and be in charge of be the, the team leader for all of the missionaries for that team. And I said, fine. And I did that for two years. So I finished that year. I signed up and did another year. Um, uh, I ended up uh, leaving Texas A&M, going back to, uh, and I transferred to Franciscan University of Steubenville. But when I was back home, I was at Daily Mass and there was that little old lady Probably a different one, but, um, okay. you know, kind <laughs> of the same, same like, yeah, genre of little old ladies uh, <laughs> came up to me and said, Edwin, have you ever thought about being a priest? And I gave her the excuse that I'd given 50 times before. Um, I have thought about it, but I'm not going to be a priest because I'm terrified of speaking. And, and I remember the moment that I realized that not only um, was I not afraid of speaking in front of people anymore, I kind of like speaking in front of people. And not only that, I, I thought like the Lord had given me a gift in it. Um, wow. It might be. And so like I, I sat down in the chapel after that and it was the first time of my life that I stopped telling the Lord what he couldn't do. And I asked him what he wanted to do. Um, and, and it made all the difference in the world. Um, it was, uh, did you ever see the, uh, the movie Karate Kid? Not yeah. the new one, the good one. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, the classic. Like, yeah, exactly. Where it's like paint the fence, wax the car, and wax off, wax off. Yeah, yep. and all of a sudden, you know, it's karate. Uh, God, Mister Miyagi, to me into the priesthood. Um, right, and it still, it still took like I was still took like three, four years for me to actually get it through my head that I was supposed to go into seminary. But um, that's where he got me here. But in that entire process, that that movement of like the slow slope of just saying yes to the Lord um, when he places something on our heart. I think a lot of times we'll have this fire in our heart. Ignatius of uh, Loyola talks about like three ways in which that we can be certain to move in God's. Um, we know that he's asking us to move. It says like a certainty beyond doubt, um, just a, uh, just like a continual desire placed upon our heart that's welling up. And then the third is just like, it makes sense with like the circumstance and what God's calling and all of that. Maybe there's not any like firm movement one way or the other, um, but we can, we can take a step when we're living in, 
and faith when we're living in the light of his love, if it just seems to make sense in that. Um, but for me, I, there, I think there are these moments in all of our lives, those moments where we have this certainty without doubt. And then like we pause and we start in our fearfulness of like, is the, it all boils down to the question of like, is the Lord truly enough? Um, is he going to be enough to fulfill me? And when we pause and when we start to discern, I, I think a lot of us use the word discernment, but what we're really doing is just procrastinating um, in that space gives time for the evil one to start to uh, sow the seed of doubt within us. Right. And so like, when, those when, lies. yeah, when that, when that Holy spirit, like, I, you know, I just started, like, I look back at my life and I didn't have this drastic conversion. I was always a good kid. Of course, there were some things that my insecurity and my caring about other people like led me down paths of sinfulness. Um, but when I started to say yes to the Lord and make small incremental steps, when he would put something on my heart, um, I always found his love and his fulfillment there. Um, and it just slowly but surely um, led me to the place that I am today. So Love it. So, Amen. so good. You know, yeah. even as you were kind of speaking about like um, being enough, I was even thinking about, do we feel like we're going to be enough? Right. And almost the, the fears that could be whispered there as well. Mm-hmm. Right. But as you kind of journey closer in your relationship with God, I think the, the Lord is constantly communicating that. Well, and I, I gave you that scripture verse that's always been just kind of really close to my heart. Second Corinthians yes. chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. And it speaks to both of those dimensions, right? Like, oh, yeah. is the Lord enough and am I enough? And the question is, like, right. you, don't, you don't have to be enough, right? In fact, yes. The, 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 the thing that the evil one does, the devil lies, or the, level de- lie, the devil lies to us by telling us the truth, Right. Um, you are not worthy. You are not enough. And he says this to us over and over again. And the answer is, amen. <laughs> I am not worthy. <laughs> I am not enough, but he is right. And so yeah. like God's grace is sufficient for me. He is, he is my fulfillment of my, of every one of my desires. Um, but in him, like my weakness offered to him is, mm-hmm. uh, is where his strength does. We, we see that in today's gospel or this weekend's gospel, the multiplication of yeah. the loaves, right. right? The apostles, what did they do? They saw, they saw only the, their insufficiency. Jesus says, how are we going to feed them? And they said, there's 5,000 of them. 200 days wages wouldn't be enough to feed even you some send of them, them back. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, send them back. Only the problem they see. And then we know from John's gospel, John 6, that a small boy said, well, yeah, I, I don't care about all of them. I got, two, I got five loaves, two fish. Mm. Here's, the, here's my insufficient, unworthy offering. And when you do that in your weakness, God magnifies and multiplies. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That's yeah. And, and I think that's beautiful in, in speaking about how, you know, unless you become like little children, mm. right. That they, they bring the beauty of the gospel in such incredible ways. Even, even as a father, I mean, it is father's day weekend. Happy father's day. father. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it's just so incredible how, how many times like through my kids, they like communicate, mm-hmm the beauty of the gospel as well. well and so it's, it's like, and kids are just great because they are so utterly dependent. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it is a, um, it is an illusion that we can do things on our own. Uh, you know, John 15 without, without God, you can do nothing. Right. Yeah. And you can do nothing. Yeah. And so I, I, I constantly used to tell my, my seminarians, I was like, you know what? Self-reliance is not a Christian virtue. 
you know, at the very basis, like we have to admit that by, by our own choices, we've made a shipwreck, shipwreck of our faith um, and that we yeah. need the Lord. It's only by accepting him and his power. I love so. that. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. It's just powerful. And I love the full circle of the fact yeah. that you're, you're serving in that parish. Um, I, I could, I could relate to that because actually when I, uh, when I got hired into youth ministry, um, I spent my high school career denying my faith in Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. And basically when I gave my yes to Christ, God actually, well, I got hired at the parish I grew up in as a little boy and I had to go back to my old high school and I had to stand in front of every single one of my teachers and say, I'm the youth minister. I believe in Jesus. You know, it's like, that's all crazy. How the Lord crazy. How the Lord does that, you know? So I'm coming up on, on one year at this assignment. And, uh, so like I said, it's my, um, my home parish. My mom is actually one of my employees. Um, oh. there's, <laughs> I know. I know. That's amazing. Um, God bless you. My, yeah. My dad's on the finance council and, uh, I, I have a ton of guys that I went to high school with that are now, you know, they have families of their own. They're within the church. Wow. Um, and blessedly, like I said, um, the Lord protected me from a lot of areas of sin that, um, that I could have fallen into. So there's not too much scandal. Um, just, just the right amount of scandal. Right. Um, yeah. but the, uh, do you want to know what the gospel reading was for the very first weekend that I was, uh, made pastor? Tell me. Um, the gospel reading was no prophet is accepted in his hometown. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord is uh, the, yeah. He also, he also has an incredible sense of humor as, yeah. As you can see. Oh, there's my mom on the live. Hi, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love it. All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for tuning in, everyone. If you have any questions for Father Edwin, there is the question sticker below. So feel free to submit any questions. Uh, It is our Saturday Night Live vocation special. So we'd love to tackle any questions dealing with vocations tonight. All right. Here we go. First question that came in uh, earlier on in the week. Do you believe that someone with a sinful past can have a vocation? And these are questions I didn't ask. They're actually yeah, people no, who've read, yeah. read your story and, uh, and asked away. So, uh, I, I believe that they're, um, the, the answer has to be yes, right? Like you just look at St. Paul, right? He was a murderer and persecutor of Christians, and he became the greatest of evangelists and, and writers of most of the New Testament. So I think the answer has yeah. to be yes. Um, we do expect some measure of freedom from uh, being able to, there's always forgiveness in the Lord. Um, but forgiveness isn't enough, right? Like he wants us to be his, his sons and his daughters. He wants us to be free to be able to choose the good. And so, um, you'd have to be, uh, distant from any like set sin for at least two years. Um, Mm. for instance, like people who lived a very, um, uh, sexually promiscuous life. We would expect two years of constancy before they would even be considered in the seminary. Um, there are some, uh, things like some crimes that are probably going to like knock you out of, of the running just because of the, the culture that we had and some of the mistakes that we've made in the past. Right. Um, right. but I would, I would say call your vocation director. Um, and most people's sinfulness is something that, um, can be used to the glory of God. Um, mm. and, and the fact that he has overcome it and that he, that you can show like your woundedness and how the Lord healed you. Uh, and I think that as Christians, we need to be doing that more often. You know, we try to put on this 
bright, shiny face that we're all good and nothing has yes. ever gone right in our life. And I think that's a mistake because it doesn't, because there's so many people who have been struggling with sin. They're like, oh, I better, I have to get better first um, before I can come to the Lord. And that's just not right. how the gospel's ever worked, right? The Lord says, come to me. Um, and that, that relationship with him is what heals. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, contact your vocation director, um, see like the quality, but there were, there were very few things that were, are just game, game over kind of questions. Absolutely. You made me think when you were talking just about St. Peter, right? When he was on the boat and basically was like, get away from me. Like I'm such a sinful man. Right. But the church was built on, um, that forgiveness, right. Of denying Christ three times. And do you love me? Right. right. That, rec- that reconciliation is just so beautiful. So, and it makes okay. me think of that quote, uh, every saint has a past, every sinner has a future future. Yeah. <laughs> Who said that? I'm like blanking right now. I don't I know. Don't remember. Yeah. I think it's cool. just a quippy little phrase that, uh, exists on the internet. Uh, but yeah, so. but, but I think it's powerful just the same. All right. Oh my gosh. Some of my teenagers are on now. Hi, Jasmine. Oh, you got uh, some teens there. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any advice on how to defend my faith from those who do not believe? Mm. I, I think that there's a couple ways um, to be able to really start to dive into this. Um, the first and foremost is we need to start making our um, faith manifest on a regular basis. Um, I, I think most of the time we don't defend our faith because someone starts talking about, uh, you know, uh, abortion or um uh, what marriage is or Mm -hmm. um different ideologies and we kind of shy off from it because we've never kind of flexed that muscle of like making sure that as like we are living our catholic faith in such a way that we are a light and we're not hiding it underneath the bushel basket as matthew 5 says um but that we are talking about on a regular basis and then when that Like, as we start to say that, when someone's like, hey, how was your weekend? Great. You know, I went to church. I went to youth group. I went to, uh, you know, my my small faith sharing group that I'm part of at my church. Like, we talked about this. It was a great discussion. Um, Well, then people are going to start to know. And when they bring stuff up, like, they are going to expect that you are um, able to give uh, some type of information to help them. Um, And so, like, I think that's a really powerful thing just to start making our faith more in the world, not just privatized Mm. within the four walls of a church. And so then we can start to flex that muscle and it's more normal for us. And we're not reactionary Um, because if it's normal, then we can just start to, we live out of this, um, this beauty. The second thing is uh, first Peter three 15. Holy spirit. I was like, I was going to bring it up. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart. Always be ready to give an explanation and a reason for your faith, but do it with gentleness and reverence, keeping your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who defame your good conduct in Christ may themselves be put to shame, right? So um, we, as an evangelist, we need to be in some ways um, dispassionate. So we want to be, when we're sharing our faith, the person that is disagreeing with us is not the enemy. They are Mm. the patient. Right. Mm. And if we have an us versus them, like they're the enemy, I need to win and defeat them. You just need to stop. Right. Walk away because you're probably going to you might win an argument, but you're going to lose the soul. And so Mm. uh, I think that there needs to be this like you sit before the Blessed Sacrament. You need to ask the Holy Spirit for his anointing to be able to have some 
passion that's dispassionate, I guess. And so that you can see the person and share the truth without getting angry. Yeah. So keeping your conscience clear, gentleness and reverence in the midst of that. Because when the Lord opens up that space, it really is like Moses who takes off his shoes and is encountering the Lord and is walking on holy ground. And that needs to be the way that we do that. And then third and finally, you need to know, like we all know some of the topics and to be able to be well-versed um, yes. as a Catholic. Um, and that means that to have some real discussions with people, not just in the echo chamber of our own belief system, but to, you know, start talking to people who don't believe to have friends, to be welcoming, to, developed the relationship. Jesus shared meals with people who had different opinions than him. Yeah. Um, and his first comment to them wasn't like, hey, this is why you need to change your life. It was like, let's share a meal. Let's get to know each other. And then that came in. Mm. Um, like, so, well, sometimes his first comment was, so I don't want anyone typing <laughs> in there. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I can think of a few, but. No, that's, that's great advice for sure. And uh, as you said, right, also study, be prepared, right? I mean, I remember I was on a conference uh, out in Vancouver, I'm Canadian. Uh, and I was, I was basically at this conference with a bunch of pastors from across Canada. And they basically said like, let's go to a pub and let's just have a beer together. I was like, okay. And second the beers were served, they're like, so you're Catholic. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I have a lot of questions for you. Great. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's those opportunities where, you, you got to be ready, you know, like first Peter three fifteen. be ready to, to know scripture, to understand salvation history. Right. Not that you have to know everything, but I think if you're constantly, you know, receiving the Lord can use any of that, um, for the glory of God. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'll say this all the time, like, Hey, I don't have the answer to that right now. Um, that's beautiful. You know, give me a couple of days that humility is, uh, I think is appreciated. Yeah, 100%. When I'm visiting the uh, religion classes, actually, we do like this anonymous Q&A time mm -hmm. where I give them post-it notes and I'm like, all right, fold them up. We'll, we'll shake the, the bin thing so I don't know who it's from. And I say before I start every single one, I'm like, listen, if I don't know the answer, you deserve to know the answer. I have those famous words. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll, I'll try my best to go and find it for you right? to recognize we're on this journey together. So great advice, Father. Thank you. All right. What helps you keep peace and faith in times of uncertainty? Ooh, um, so I've been, uh, I just got this, uh, this is my first, my fifth time kind of being in charge of something within church. I was in charge of the vocations office. I had some mm -hmm. other small pastorships, um, but nothing to the scope that I have now. And so there's just a ton of different things. And like everything's uh, everything's uh, beautiful and growing and uh, vibrant, but also like nothing's quite settled. And so there's just a lot of times. Um, I think the most important thing that I do, and I not I think the most important thing I do outside of uh, celebrating the mass and receiving the Eucharist is sitting in front of the Lord for my holy hour. Um, and a, a lot of it is just saying like, okay. I want to take control, but you have everything under control. Um, mm. And just trying to like, just sitting there and focusing on the relationship. And I'd, I'd say this with discernment as well. Um, a lot of times I'll, I'll see men and women who are discerning 
and they'll start to just continually go to God for uh, the answer to the question, what do you want from my life? What do you want? And they'll spend like their entire prayer time in that. And then all of a sudden they'll slowly drift into this deep desolation where they can't see the Lord. And Mm -hmm. the problem is, is that they stopped going to the Lord for the relationship. They started to go to the Lord for an answer to the question. And the truth is the Lord is the answer to the question. And so my, um, to kind of uh, answer that question, I sit before the Lord um, and I just try to, you know, John Bianni, right? He has that, that person that was sitting in the back of the chapel and says, what are you, what are you doing for prayer? And he says, you know, I'm looking at him and he's looking at me. And so just trying to like sit with the Lord, trust in him and to just stay there, um, I think is the most important thing. And Mm -hmm. then at the end of your prayer time, give like, 10 minutes or so towards the questions that are kind of burning in your heart. Right. But most Some of la- it, lamenting. Yeah. Uh, 80% of it should be just focused on the relationship with the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And I got to say, father, as a lay person, I've been in the adoration chapel at times where I've actually seen the priest kneeling right at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And, I, and I'm telling you as a, as a lay person to see that, man, I can't, it's it moves my heart it's powerful to, it's powerful to witness so yeah. thank you for being that witness to yeah. well, we have a great we have a great um there's no excuse we have for me we have a perpetual adoration chapel um that is just there so jesus is available 24 um, 7 amazing yeah and i was i always tell my parishioners i'm like hey if you're going through a rough time like i want you to know that there's someone in our chapel praying for you um every minute of every day of every mm. week, of every mm. month, right? They're just sitting there before the Lord. So you can plug into that grace. Right. Yeah. But, but also go yourself. I mean, I go I yourself. Students, I, I tell students all the time. Um, St. Jose Maria Scriva, I believe said, remember that when you approach the tabernacle that Jesus has been waiting 20 centuries for you, mm-hmm. that moment with Christ is, uh, it's powerful. So, all right, father, last question of the night. Um, you know, if someone is tuning in tonight who thinks they might potentially have a call to a particular vocation, whether it's priesthood, religious life, uh, what would you want to say to that person if they might potentially have fears of, of that call? I would say this, um, just allow yourself to fall in love with God, right? And all of his works, right? So you should have a healthy love for like marriage, uh, priesthood, religious life, the diaconate, baptism, Eucharist, anointing of the sick, all of them, right? Um, You should, confirmation, I don't want to forget one, um, reconciliation, you should love all of these things. Thank you. Um, You should love all of them. And then as we like get to a point where we love them, and as we trust God, when he starts to um, call, it's a little bit easier to accept it. Part of the part of the struggle sometimes is our fear that God might call us keeps us at an arm's length from being able to uh, really encounter the Lord. So fall in love with each of those first. Um, if you feel like you may have a vocation, call your vocation director and go get a cup of coffee or ha- let him buy you a nice dinner or a lunch and just tell him about your story, about how Jesus Christ saved your life. Um, mm-hmm. The Talking to your vocation director 
or even going to seminary or entering the convent is not the same as getting married, right? You're not stuck there, right? When you go to seminary, um, at the seminary that I worked with in Dallas and, and all the seminaries, they, we assign you two mentors, um, someone who's going to be your spiritual director and someone who's going to be kind of like your day-to-day um, external formator mentor. Um, and both of those people, it is their job to help you to see where God is moving on whether or not you are supposed to be a priest. Um, and so like if you, and same way with the religious orders and convents. So like you should be able to like step into that with some assurance that, Hey, these guys aren't just trying to, um, you know, check off, like make me sign up for the military or something like that. It's not a (laughs) quota. Um, I, I will tell you that as a vocation director, um, a good no was better than a good yes. right? Right. When I would look at a man and say like, I don't think this is your, um, your vocation. And I said that way more than I did. Uh, mm. Yes. Enter into the seminary. So you have yep. um, maybe in years past, it was different, but like now you have men that are really trying to help you figure out what it is. And so what I want you to think is like, what's the next step in that? And if it's a coffee and a, and a lunch or a dinner, like you're not signing on a dotted line. Um, I have good friends even to this day that joined seminary and then left. Um, yep. And it was a great time of formation, a great time of um, being able to become a, a man of God. And nothing's wasted in the Lord. He'll use it all. Absolutely. I was, I was so. going to say, actually, because, you know, we have St. Augustine's Seminary up here in Toronto. And uh, I know many young men who basically enter the seminary and they discerned out and they've been they've become incredible husbands and fathers. Right. Yeah. The first couple yeah. years, yeah. The first couple years of seminary is um, it re- it's a house of formation, but it's also a house of discernment. Right. So um, it has a real um, has a real easy entrance and exit process. So absolutely, if, if the Lord's placing it on your heart, take the jump. Yeah, uh, let the Lord again, lead you. It it it's easy for me to say. I um, I love it. Like it is such a gift um, each and every day. Absolutely. On that note, Father, I just want to thank you so much for your yes to Jesus and his church. Uh, It was just such a blessing to be able to hear you share your story and um, inspirational. Just love how you how you you went from like barely even being able to give a three minute (laughs) to now look, you're on Instagram live. No issues whatsoever. Just beautiful. (laughs) So awesome. Just want to thank thank you so much for your yes. No, absolutely. Would you be able to uh, close us in prayer tonight and maybe even give us a virtual blessing if possible? I will. Just going to decapitate here. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God Almighty, we praise and we thank you for the gift of this day and every day. We ask that uh, we may decrease so that you may increase. And as we enter into this weekend where we will celebrate the solemnity of uh, the most holy body and blood of Jesus Christ, Corpus Christi, we recognize, Lord, um, that every single Sunday as we receive you, that we become what we receive at the body of Christ, that we are your hands and your feet out in the world. And I pray um, an outpouring of the Spirit for all of those who are part of this ministry, all who have been watching uh, this Instagram live. I thank you for David, for um, everyone that is part of this. And we just ask for an anointing, for boldness and courage, for the gifts of the Spirit to be unlocked and made manifest 
um, in our yes and in the steps that we will take this week. Lord, we ask that you may prompt us, that you may move our hearts to see you throughout this day and throughout this week. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Make upon you with kindness and grant you his peace. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the ministry, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or please leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest stories, you can follow us on Instagram at yes.catholic and visit our website, yescatholic.com. If you have benefited from Yes Catholic, please consider joining our Patreon community. Visit patreon.com slash yescatholic. I would like to thank our current patrons for your ongoing prayers, support, and contributions that have helped Yes Catholic reach thousands of souls all over the world each week. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you. You have a story. Don't be afraid to share the good news of how Jesus Christ has moved in your life with a family member, friend, or colleague. Give Jesus your yes every single day and watch the ripple effect of the gospel. Join us next week. The journey continues right here at Yes Catholic.